0: So much you. a great place to get a seafood meal, Miami. Miami, Miami, picture it, Los Angeles, 2017.
1: Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott.
0: And I'm Carrie Doherty.
1: And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk
0: about it. And we just watched season six, episode six, Feelings, which aired on October 27th, 1990, and is the one where Dorothy's getting a lot of flack from people at school (sighs) and where Rose More importantly... Rose, more importantly, Rose is sexually assaulted sexually by her dentist.
1: Assaulted, but probably the most important thing that happens in this episode. And I'm going to give you guys a hint because I, I, it's I, it's too much for me to contain myself. I was playing on my TV and that's off now. I totally ruined the bit.
0: <laughs> oh, is this was this going to be like when you played this yeah, kiss? That I was going to do.
1: I was going to. Well, I'll just do it now. Okay, right here's the hint. We can't afford it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: uh, That's a
1: hint, guys. That's a hint from someone on the show.
0: This was this was a good episode.
1: It was a good episode. It was a little like again, like the last episode. Wham bam! Thank you, mammy. It was a little bit in some ways. Like I mean, I don't know. I guess it was as serious as it needed to be, but it was a. Uh, you know, dealing with sexual assault. Rose got felt up by her dentist. I
0: know it's it's so hard. I think we're realizing in some of these episodes where I think sometimes just because of you know the show is in 1990, we're in 2017. Maybe certain things are spoken about in different ways, mm. but I think sometimes it's hard for us to like like we don't ever want to feel like we're downplaying any sort of like sensitive thing. things yeah. or bad things that happen on the so show for this. comedy
1: let's do this like let's keep in mind that it was 1990 and like entertainment and sort of certain morales were a little bit different then. for better or for worse they just were and so let's just acknowledge at the top of the show that it is not okay for anyone to touch you male or female without your writ- written or verbal consent I guess you could text it too. Um, or not. Yeah. Yes. Without your consent. Consent,
0: Which, you know, that's also the message in this episode. I think I would also say, I think it's it's okay that there are, jo- it's okay for us to acknowledge and appreciate the jokes in those scenes. Because it is as funny. Well.
1: There are funny bits.
0: Yeah. I think everybody knows that we're like, you know, pretty anti sexual assault.
1: Well, I mean, right? personally, even though I am against a sexual assault, I would like a little attention sometimes. Okay, but like not like uninvited attention, but more like a oh, like surprise attention. Surprise, like but oh, like appropriate, appropriate surprise yeah. attention. Like oh, you have a good butt. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Like. Uh, yeah.
0: Unexpected. In a pleasant way.
1: Actually, don't say I have a good butt. Um, just be like, oh, you are handsome. There you go. That's nice. That's better. That's, that's nice. That's better.
0: Uh, this episode opens with Sophia trying to figure out what to get Dorothy for her birthday. And she's look, literally looking at like the personals for a man, mm-hmm. which is what she was literally doing in the last, in the last episode. episode.
1: But in 1990, a week had passed. And as we know, before binge watching, people's memories only lasted for a week.
0: I was also, it's been a while since I've seen this episode, so I was also like, oh, cool, this is like a Dorothy birthday episode, and then it just wasn't. It was
1: just for the joke. It's a Dorothy on a mission
0: episode. Yeah, and Dorothy comes in, and she's been sort of long-term substitute teaching for this class, and the kids are upset with her because she's failing... The star football player Kevin, and if he doesn't pass her class, he can't play in the big game on Saturday. Oh, poor Kevin! Which poor
1: Kevin? I feel
0: like is is sort of like a it's a it's it's a universal thing that I think we've seen in both high schools and in college with like big you know professional athletes. So I guess I don't know if you. Categorize college sports as professional because I guess you go from college to professional, but you know, higher stakes in high school, I guess. I don't understand where people, I think sometimes athletes will get a pass in classes sometimes, at least like in my high school, it happened where they would get a pass because the teachers were invested in the team because
1: it makes the school money. Sure. I mean, that's that's this thing with that happens on college campuses all around the country.
0: So I actually like that. I really, really liked Dorothy's stance on this because I do oh, yeah. think it's I don't know if it's a, a big problem in high schools today, but I know at least it was a problem it, in high I schools think, when I was in high school. I think
1: it is. I mean, in my high school, I'm from I'm from Kirkwood, Missouri. And in Kirkwood, Missouri, we our football team is everything. It is like
0: Oh, I thought you for some reason I thought you meant like that's what the, the name of the team was. Like we're no, the
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> we are the we are the Kirkwood Pioneers and okay. we have the oldest. Thanksgiving football game west of the Mississippi. Wow. It is against Webster High School. And and we compete for the Frisco Bell every single Thanksgiving. And literally, I can relate to this football culture because literally, like, everything in my hometown revolves around this fucking football team. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and the s- s- city fucking shuts down for this team. It's and like Friday Night bo- Lights. Yeah, it is. And I never understood... Any of it. I didn't get it. But thank God for social like hookup apps now, because now I don't go to high schools. But like, you know, when you go to like reunion games and oh, stuff, you're yeah, like you
0: shouldn't say thank you for social <laughs> hookup apps because I don't go to high schools. That's somebody could easily cut <laughs> no, that sentence. But and, like and if take I go back to Kirkwood,
1: like for Thanksgiving or something and then I get on like Grindr or something, I can be like, oh, I didn't know he was gay. Oh, you know what I mean? But then he, it turns out he's not gay. He has married with kids, and he's just on grinder. And it's a long, different episode of the Golden mm, Girls. Anyway, yeah. it um, uh,
0: I do like that the kids put a sign on Dorothy's back. Not that just said "kick me," but that said <laughs> Kick, "kick me hard."
1: hard.
0: <laughs> it was sort of a creative spin. It's like they hate her that much. Did I actually thought that have was very funny. A long-term
1: substitute? Uh,
0: not that I can recall.
1: I had I, I didn't have a long term substitute, but I I only have one substitute story, and that's the unsolved mystery substitute story, which I believe I told in this yes, podcast before. Yes, yes, yeah. that is a. Whereas I, I that that substitute teacher has directly influenced my life in a very clear way, and I solved a mystery and no one believed me.
0: And guys, if you don't know that story, you're just going to have to go back and listen to every single episode until you I find don't even the one know or two what episode that
1: was on. I don't either. Oh, it well, was a guys, great story though. Maybe maybe I'll record it and then after the music after the music of this episode Mm -hmm. if anyone who wants to stick around and hear that story you can hear that story I'll do that okay great yeah
0: um so uh, you'll do
1: it with me yeah
0: we'll see uh So Blanche also Blanche says, uh, you know, explains like, you know, well, this is a really big game for them on Saturday. I what just does really she know about that's this what I, said. Game. I, was like, I like that Blanche is keeping up with high school football in Miami as a woman who doesn't have a child that goes to that high school as a woman that is in no way associated with the high school. It made me laugh. Um, then Rose comes in, Yeah and, and she
1: is there's something happening. She's very upset, like she's well, she's not upset, she's just confused.
0: Yes, she's- yeah, she had some work done, she was under anesthesia when she came out of it. We have to
1: acknowledge the awesome opening line that Dorothy had after rose's line so rose's Rose says she just came from the dentist, and she's looking very upset and then and then Dorothy, thinking that it's like a thing that happened other than a sexual assault, she thinks it's like, oh, she get a wisdom tooth pulled and- <laughs> and their laughter mm-hmm. um, like Dorothy had the cackle, the Dorothy cackle, where she was like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was that it was great. Dorothy really making sure everybody else hears her laugh. It
1: was amazing. Um, and then it got real.
0: Yeah. So she says that when she uh, when she came out of the anesthesia, he was fondling her breasts mm-hmm. and um and they were like, you know, are you sure? And she said, well, I don't think wowie, wow, wow, wow is a medical term. Um, which I think, you know, because she is questioning whether or not it happened, I think that right there really, really makes her case. Um, what do you mean? That wowie, wow, wow, wow is not a... Me- like, you know, if, if she was coming out of it and the doctor was saying anything else, something like a more medical, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of medical terminology, Yeah, I think, you know, maybe she would have been like, convinced herself that it didn't happen yeah um but I also thought that whenever you are put under that there's always more than just the dentist in the room like I remember when I had my wisdom teeth pulled out
1: uh like a nurse I think there is an actual and- well,
0: isn't there an anesthesiologist anytime you I don't know
1: about a dentist office I think it's a different kind of thing
0: because it's like a well
1: it's not like you're being Are you asleep?
0: Well, I was put out when they took out my wisdom teeth. Okay, I
1: can, the only, maybe this is different because they're the Kardashians, but when Khloe Kardashian's ex-husband was put under when he had, because he hadn't been a dentist in like 20 years, Mm -hmm. and he was put to sleep and then had everything he needed done at once, Mm -hmm. it was only the dentist and a nurse, and then, of course, Khloe Kardashian in the room. So maybe it's different for dentists. Maybe it's not like a, maybe you're not, there are levels of being put under that are different with different surgeries that mm-hmm. i know um like like it, there's a certain level of that you need to stay under i don't know there's a nurse who listens i forget your name but you're amazing and you listen regularly and you comment a lot in florida um comment on this on Yeah, this anybody who
0: can weigh in that knows yeah. in the i'd be curious to know if in a dentist's we office
1: are not doctors
0: um <laughs> and then uh so yeah, Rose is a little like a little unsure if it happened, but she's still very upset. I get that. Um, I feel that. And then uh, we go out to the living room. I love this bit with Sophia where the doorbell rings and it's like <laughs> Ding, doorbell. Ding dong. And then it goes ding-dong and she goes, doorbell. She says
1: it a little bit louder. Did you see her um she her like crochet case or whatever? Like her needlepoint or whatever she's doing. She that bag was killer.
0: No, I missed it. It was
1: classic. It had like a floral green leaf Ooh. print. It was beautiful.
0: Well, the man who's at the door Ooh. is the coach.
1: Yo, coach is
0: here. Played by an actor named Robert Costanzo, He's which you guys might know from Saturday Night Fever, Die Hard mm. 2, total recall. He's been in a lot of stuff. Mm. Uh he kind of reminds me of coach lubbock from just the 10 of us i feel like in the 80s and 90s all high school coaches were like kind of bald had like that little ring and always wore sweatshirts and And were like really really round yeah i was gonna just say round um you can say overweight and he definitely uh he definitely fits into that
1: i love his like stereotype he has like this sort of like Yo, I'm coach. You know, I'm just here. I'm doing my job. Why, why are you getting on my balls? I'm just doing my fucking job. Yeah, like, I'm
0: definitely a coach. I moved here from New York, and now I'm down in Miami because my wife liked the, the weather, and I was like, I'll go. There's football there.
1: Yo, my kid has asthma. <laughs> they said it was better for him, so I do what my wife tells me to do, and look, now I embrace the sun. Get out of my way.
0: So <laughs> coach is there. Not Craig T. Nelson, but another coach is there. Ugh,
1: I die. The
0: first one to basically try to to try to talk Dorothy into letting Kevin play on Saturday. And Dorothy's yeah. like...
1: What's the big deal?
0: Dorothy's like, no, he can't play. He's not doing well in school. Please leave.
1: In class, in
0: class. And then, this was probably my favorite part of the episode. The coach says, if you let Kevin play on Saturday, like I'll take you out on a date. Dorothy says... You haven't read The Art of the Deal, have you? That
1: is the second. Have we had this episode yet? No, P.S., we have if haven't. you guys don't
0: know, this book was written by Donald Trump.
1: Uh, no, stake that back. This book was ghostwritten by a man that the publishing company hired for Donald Trump to write Donald Trump's book. Sure. And in an amazing, amazing, this is not shitting on Donald Trump at all. In an amazing uh, New Yorker article, the man basically just describes his time writing this book and how Donald Trump, uh, isn't a natural writer. He doesn't, he doesn't write book, which is, oh, really? You that's don't surprising. have to you know. No, I mean, just giving him his, his due. He, he's, he's a businessman. He doesn't, he wasn't sitting down writing this book. He didn't find that he has, doesn't have the patience for that. He's openly admits that. And so he, uh, he had this man, the man would listen in on phone calls and interviews and like would shadow Donald Trump everywhere. And that's how he wrote the book. It's a very fascinating article. I highly recommend everyone to read it.
0: Anyway, I just think it's interesting that she says to this man who clearly is advancing on her when she has no interest in him. Yeah. She says, you haven't read The Art of the Deal, which was written or ghostwritten for a man who advances on women who are clearly not interested in him.
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, he can get some of them. I just
0: thought that was funny.
1: It's also the second Trump reference that Dorothy has in this episode. I don't know if we've gotten in the episode yet, have we? The one where she's on Jeopardy. No, we haven't gotten there yet. But uh, in in a future episode, Dorothy is tells Merv Griffin,
0: "You're the anti Donald Trump,"
1: and it's a good moment. It's a fun moment. It's, it's, we
0: may have already watched that one. I don't. I don't know.
1: Maybe we have. I forget. They all go together for me now.
0: Anyway, but, you also brought up a good point that this episode is. F- filled with men treating women very Horribly. poorly Horribly. very poorly
1: yeah but yeah. the women come out on top you know why cuz sisters doing it for themselves
0: yeah i do i do like in this episode that both women ended up standing up for themselves I love it was it. a very empowering episode for it females was. um so rose in the meantime is worried about calling like the sort of the dental association board to report her dentist because she's worried maybe she was wrong. She's not 100% sure that Which she did Which I think it. is a
1: totally unnatural concern. I mean, that is, in moments like that, when there wasn't a quote-unquote memorable, memorable physical assault, there wasn't a tangible one that you can, you weren't under some sort of other means of, of sort of, you know, mental blocking. I means. think
0: th- I think that's something that's really tough for Rose because, you know, on the one hand... She wants to give him the benefit of the she doubt. Wants to, she's a good person. She wants yeah. to give him the benefit of the doubt. And she doesn't... If she's wrong, she doesn't want to embarrass herself. Or ruin him. Or offend him or ruin his career. So I think it's really unfortunate that when...
1: But a lot know, of women and men go through that. When you don't oh, know absolutely. if something is a sexual assault and... You start questioning am I over, am I thinking too much about this mm-hmm. am i uh, there's I just I didn't know this, but like a couple of months ago someone brought to my attention. I wrote this article a couple years ago about this date I was on and and the man was getting a little too much for me and it was more me sort of talking about how men are never taught how to see the signs of sexual assault mm-hmm. they're never see, taught to see the signs of rape and I kept telling the man, no, 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 no. And he kept pushing himself farther and farther. And I was like, no. And then Fraser, my cat, saved me because he bit the man in the toe. Anyway, so I wrote this article. And then Queerty, don't read Queerty, guys. Queerty wrote this article, this think piece. It wasn't a writing. It was a headline that basically said, was this man raped? He can't tell. And literally hundreds, and this is all about me, hundreds of of comments on there and, and stuff saying, like, debating on if I was raped or not. And it was like people's perception of assault is so skewed. Mm -hmm. And so because it isn't universally taught, because we live in a patriarchal society where this is not something that we like. People are comfortable discussing and it should be something we should be comfortable discussing. Both discussing with men saying you don't deserve this, these type of touches and you shouldn't be doing these types of touches. Mm -hmm. You have to get consent and all these things. And it's fascinating people's perception of what assault is. And it really just comes down to if someone if someone is vulnerable and they can't give consent, don't touch them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it.
1: That's it. Or if they're saying no, stop it. Don't go further. Yeah. They're saying no. Yeah. That's sexual
0: assault. Yes. Yes. And yeah, and as we said at the top of the show, guys, we are very anti sexual assault.
1: Oh, I hate it, uh, man. Last year, wanting so, to be my husband.
0: Next thing we know, doorbell rings again. Ding dong. Doorbell. Doorbell. And Father O'Mara comes by. Oh, a the priest. F- you know, it's not when a priest comes to the door. It's not nearly as fun when you know. Blanche, it's not nearly so when Blanche doesn't answer the door and get all nervous and, and sweaty. Yeah. Or when she and Rose, you know, when she and Rose aren't dressed up like nuns holding lingerie for sexy, needy people. It's just, I, you know, when a priest comes to the door, it's a lot more fun under those circumstances. Frankly, whenever
1: a priest comes to my door, I know it's a red flag.
0: <laughs> Do priests come to your door often? Never. Uh, so the, the priest comes in. Dorothy's uh, so sweet to him and so nice to him. And this priest... Uses dirty God. Well, as an excuse to to try to get Dorothy to let Kevin play in the game, he says, "I truly believe that he would want Kevin to play on Saturday." This is the man that took over for for Father Frank Leahy when he left. We should all be very disappointed in uh, the priest that was chosen to replace such a wonderful man like Frank.
1: And also, let me just clarify here: not only is this priest a, a. man, which I mean, that's sort of a given, but. He genders God in a way to rope God into this horrible, misogynistic sort of show of being against this woman who is standing up for what she believes is right. It doesn't matter what gender she is, but she just happens to be a woman in this moment. And she's saying no, and they're trying to influence her. And I guarantee you, if, if Dorothy was a man, then... I don't know if the man would have caved maybe a little bit more than Dorothy did or Dorothy does eventually for a split second. But she's being very sort of stubborn and saying, no, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And she's going against even a priest who is trying to rope God and making God a man, which like that's a different discussion. Also,
0: like making God like a bro who really likes football. And you know what?
1: God can like football, but God can also like Real Housewives of New York. He can be And anything, and she can be anything. Right. Let's just... I hate this priest. Also,
0: (laughs) can we talk about how he says the word gymnast?
1: How does he say gymnast? He,
0: when he he tells Blanche that he recognizes her from, you know, basically all the confessionals, he's like, uh, I hear that, uh... You're really good at gymnastics and you're See, quite the gymnast.
1: I get that this was for comedy sake. I get that. But like, this is just another example of a man in his profession doing something wrong. Yes,
0: he's not. Wrong. Supp- he's not supposed to talk about confessionals at all. Dentists
1: shouldn't touch you. Priests shouldn't admit what you talk about in confessionals. And teachers shouldn't persuade other people to do things that are against what they know should they should be doing.
0: Yeah, Man, a lot of... All the men. A lot of the professional men. And I love men. that
1: Trump is included in the narrative of this episode because yeah. it is so, so strong. It is. Against... Men.
0: <laughs> I would have just loved as like a button to have like all these men come over to like try to convince Dorothy to let him play. And in the last one, I would love to have seen like ding dong doorbell and Dorothy opens it and there's Stan and he's like, you're going to let Kevin play on Saturday. And she just slams the door in his face
1: <laughs> to the moon.
0: That would have been a really great button. Um, uh. Then. So even after Dorothy has said no to the coach, has said no to the priest. No she, to gets the p- priest. she said no to God. She said no to God. She gets a package in the mail. It's a fish. Which is
1: a little bit, I mean, I don't know if they were trying to reference this, but I am, my brain immediately went there because one of my favorite movies of all time is the Godfather.
0: Oh yes, it was very mobster like. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, to send a dead fish in, a, in wrapped in newspaper and say Dorothy Z's gonna sleep with the fishes.
1: Yeah, and the Godfather, the man woke up, woke up, woke up with a uh, horse's head,
0: horse head, yeah, horse
1: head in the bed.
0: Which tells me this was totally the coach that yeah. did this. Oh yeah, like who did it? But a he guy? can't afford
1: a horse's head.
0: Yeah, so he's like, ah, what do I do? I'll go down to the, I'll go down to the local, I'll go down to the Kroger. Okay, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna. To get like it's a, it's a supermarket in Georgia maybe they have them in Miami I don't know I'm gonna go down to the local Kroger I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna go excuse me sir what's the cheapest whole fish you can get like a uh, like a cod, 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 a cod or like it's a cod. a grouper or something. Yeah, I'll just grouper. take that one. You can just wrap it. No, 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 that's fine. I don't need you to I don't need cooking instructions. I'll just that's exactly how what much it time do
1: you think he spent trying to get that into her car and then he couldn't figure out how to open her car because he was going to leave it in the car. So he's like, fuck it. I'll put it on the front step.
0: Well, <laughs> I think if he's would- all
1: flustered and sweaty.
0: If he were to leave it in his car, I think that's a different message. No, I think when people leave car. when people leave dead fish in a car or in, like, a locker, it's to prank you. It's just to make your car smell, right? But that's,
1: like, the double message. Like, you put it in the front driver's seat, it starts to smell up your car, and it has a dirty message of death.
0: Well, if he puts it in the Perfect. car— there's a chance, la-di-da, Dorothy gets into her car. Maybe she's so tall, she puts the seat back maybe Dor- Sophia was driving it. She
1: drives baller style.
0: She maybe accidentally pushes her seat over the fish, doesn't oh. see it, and then there's a chance that she doesn't see the note, or she sees it after the game. Like, God forbid. What
1: if that's like, what if her car... <laughs> so he's
0: got to make sure she gets that message by putting it on the What if step. her
1: car... Yeah, she could totally forget that the fish is in there because like the car is the place where she only farts, and so her car <laughs> always has that like weird fart smell. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: God, I mm-hmm. love to think that she just goes in and like crop dusts the shit out of the car (laughs) have you ever done that
1: guys i have to drive somewhere i'll be right back
0: has this ever happened to you have you ever been like leaving work and you've been like holding one in to the point where you have like a cramp right and you just get into your car and you let it all out and then as you start like driving out somebody who you work with sees you and like signals you to be like roll down i gotta talk to you and you're just like no you just like pretend you don't see them or you go like i gotta go and then you just keep driving that's
1: interesting no that's never happened to me me only because I don't hold them in.
0: I'm de- well, it hasn't happened to me. Well, no, it would be because you don't hold it in. I'm always so terrified it's going to happen to me. So I will literally wait until I drive far away. <laughs> Guys, I'm a prisoner in my own body. All, it's
1: like you have to pass the Chick-fil-A <laughs> before you can fart. I, did I hit the Chick-fil-A yet? Oh, thank
0: God. Oh, thank God.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, before we ate, before we recorded this, guys, we really gouged on uh, fat burger. We did not do Chick-fil-A. We a fat burger and it was delicious. It was
0: good. I had way too much of that milkshake. I don't know a lot the of dairy. Shake. I know. So. I'm
1: too I'm so full right now, but I have to yeah. I have to say fat burger delicious, and it was one of the few things I ate during chemo.
0: Oh, because I
1: would drive home and I would pass this fat burger all the mm-hmm. time, and they had a great veggie burger, and I just they drew a really it.
0: good veggie burger, so good
1: fat burger, we love you.
0: Um, so after Dorothy gets the fish in the newspaper, Sophia is she caves. legitimately scared?
1: Yeah, le- but she's not. She's it's, not scared. Sophia's not scared. I don't of know. Shit.
0: She sounds legitimately scared. I was honestly no. surprised because you know, obviously. Sophia's, you know, been through this a lot and sometimes yeah. like takes these sort of mobster threats with a grain of salt. No. Um, but, I, but she was legitimately scared. So Dorothy's like, okay, you know what? This isn't worth it. It's not worth you being scared. It's, it's not worth it.
1: Hurting her family. Yes. She's too much. I'm and just going to change the, that's grade. noble. I get that. I do respect that. There is a level, but I'm also a little like, you cave real soon, Doroth.
0: She, she, I mean, she, it it all depends on like how serious you take that threat. If you think it was some kids that did it and like, are they really going to follow through on it? But I don't know if she thinks that there's any sort of chance. And she's also, I mean, again, it's like her mother who's saying she's scared. She's really, you know, she's doing it for her. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I actually like all of the decisions that Dorothy makes. I, I, I am behind her. You know, she says, no, she's not going to give him the grade. I understand her principles and why it's the right thing to do when she caves. I'm like, okay, I understand it's the right thing to do. You're trying to protect your family and and the women that you live with. All right. Let's get to, let's talk about Blanche being a, trying to be a psychologist. (laughs) I don't
1: get this storyline. Like, was she looking at, at Freud's stuff the whole time or was it just in the kitchen scene?
0: It's so it's, it's a really funny scene. I actually made you go back and replay it for yeah. me because I was like, there's a lot happening in this scene and I want to make sure I'm understanding it. So
1: It was a weird Blanche, scene,
0: though. Blanche is sitting at the kitchen table. She's reading Freud oh, let me check and she says, uh, she tells the women like, look, like I'm reading Freud and if Rose doesn't confront the doctor, she could take her hostilities out like on us women and... I didn't do I I didn't do a ton of Freud research, um, but I did find a Freud quote that says unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. So Blanche is sort of talking about bottled up emotions here. Right. But then when Rose gets into the kitchen, she says to her. You know, Rose, you obviously had a troubled childhood. Tell me your first memory. So Blanche has now switched from no,
1: bottled up emotions to repressed memories. No, 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 no. You're jumping too much. So Rose says that Rose that if she's, she fears that if she doesn't say something that it'll she'll Blanche says that if Rose doesn't say something, yeah, oh yeah, it'll come out in different ways. And it's not that she had a bad childhood. That's the preface of why she goes down that road. That. She she says you'll start it'll manifest this. If you don't say something, it'll manifest it in the other ways, other relationships and conversations and things that you have. And so there has to be a root cause for like why you're afraid to do this. Why? And that's sort of where I think where she was getting that it's that root cause of like what? And maybe in early childhood, the first childhood memory is sort of an indication of why she's afraid to confront this man. OK. And I think that's where that was all connecting. Got it wasn't that so she had a troubled child, because everyone knows Rose didn't have a troubled childhood.
0: Sure, but that's exactly what Blanche says. She says, you obviously had a troubled childhood. Did she say that exact yes. thing? Yes, and she says, tell us your first memory. Which, this scene, re- regardless, that, that makes sense. So I, I thought that Blanche was literally jumping from like one concept to another. Um,
1: Blanche is not being a good therapist in this scene.
0: But Rose, and also, it's just so funny that she said, I, I honestly think that this whole thing, they were like, it all... They backed into the the final joke that they they made in the scene. Um, But I do love when Rose closes her eyes and she tries to remember her first memory. She's like listing a bunch of animals, like a goat, a a sheep. And then there's a man with a gun and he lifts the gun up in the air. And they're off. The pig takes the lead, then the chicken. And I (laughs) laughed so hard at that. Um, And then Dorothy kind of steps in and she's like, Rose, Rose, Rose. Uh, and she tells Rose that, you know, you can't keep this bottled up inside. And then Blanche jumps in and says, you know, when someone does something wrong and violates you, you have to tell them about it. And uh, and and in saying this, Dorothy realizes, like, hey, she has to do the same thing in, in terms of, you know, standing up for yourself and, and not letting someone... Uh, you know, make you feel intimidated. Yes. You know, when you need to kind of do the right thing. And then she, Dorothy. And then they tell Blanche that she would have made a really good psychologist. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> Before she
1: does that, Dorothy then says that she admits that she also didn't do, she didn't confront, you know, in the way she didn't, she she backed down too soon and she admits it. And then she says Blanche would have made a good psychologist. But really, Dorothy is the one that would make a good psychologist. Dorothy's the one who solved everything and figured it out, and told Rose what she needed to do, and told herself what she needed, She should have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to Blanche. and says, "You know, you would have been a good sucker." No, Dorothy, I know you did it.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, in Blanche's mind, it's yeah. It, you're absolutely right. In Blanche's mind, she's like still trying. She would still be sitting there with Rose, like yeah. really trying to get to the bottom of that, like chicken, Dorothy figured duck, it out in a second. Race. In a second, um, the coach comes back. This time with Kevin himself.
1: Now, the who, re- the reason why, now we can admit why, we, why I played Little Mermaid at the top of the show.
0: Yes. So Kevin was played by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who you might know from, uh, he played Greg in the Brady Bunch movies. P.S., the sequel, a uh, very Brady sequel, one of the writers was Stan Zimmerman, season one yeah. Golden Girls writer and yeah. uh, former podcast guest.
1: Love him, love Stan.
0: Um, And he also was the voice of...
1: The Prince and the Little Mermaid. He
0: was the voice of Eric.
1: Which, I mean, and I didn't realize this, but there's no... Eric doesn't sing and little yeah man. well that's what you
0: were wondering you were like this did he do the singing voice and we realized he probably doesn't sing any songs but what is funny is that when kevin walked in and i think maybe it's because he was wearing like a, a like a varsity jacket mm-hmm. you said uh oh hey is that the guy who played dj's boyfriend on full house he looked like because he looks like the actor scott Weinger, who yeah. actually was the voice of aladdin yeah in aladdin that's right that's so, probably
1: why I th- that's how I. I I knew I, the the voice sounded familiar. They're two I Disney didn't know.
0: princes who there are, are two wearing Disney varsity princess, but football I jackets. I looked at him
1: and I thought the Full House thing, and then I closed my eyes and I was like, "Is that the voice?" And I think I was going to Aladdin. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, but
0: you know what's funny? I thought the same thing when he walked in. I was like, "Full House? No. Oh, a Brady Bunch movie." Yeah. Um, so regardless.
1: Now, Kiss the girl, Prince. Kiss him.
0: Now the coach has brought in Kevin to try uh, to, like... To woo. To woo Dorothy.
1: Pulling her heartstrings. Not going to work. She's a cold-hearted woman.
0: You know what, though? Dorothy does try to cut him a deal. She, she does. tries to give him a good deal. But
1: it's a good deal. Like a, like a fair deal. It's a
0: fair deal. Yes. And he's like, no way, and storms out. And he
1: arrogant piece of shit. Again, the patriarchy showing in him, mm-hmm. he goes to the coach and says... You told me that if I came over here and I did whatever, I, she, would, she would fall. D- John, you, if you want me to play, dude. And he walks out. The arrogance on that little piece of mm-hmm. shit. Not needs, accepting
0: responsibility. Not
1: accept. He needs to be stopped now before he turns into a mini Donald mm, he's Trump. He's such
0: a David. He, Blanche would have slapped him right in the face.
1: Who's David? Oh, that David. Yes, yes, David. Okay, got it. Yes, I'm with you. So yeah.
0: then the coach storms out you. and says... He's going to play
1: whether you like it or not.
0: Like once again, fuck you, every man in this episode, everyone
1: with a penis in this episode. Show me your penis and then go away.
0: And after all of that, does Dorothy get mad? Does Dorothy call the school? You
1: know
0: what Dorothy says?
1: She stays in that long pink shirt.
0: And she says, you know what? I'm glad I stood up for myself. Yeah.
1: Good for you. Applause. Mm -hmm. Applause.
0: That was great. Thank you. And then I just wrote down this line because you said you say this all the time. You said.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sophia. Sophia goes. Uh, I, I, I literally say this probably once a week. I'm depressed. I need a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I, I like, and I, and I even think it, like, I internalize it. Mm. Where sometimes I get so depressed in my apartment because, whatever, it's my life. I walk out of my apartment, I walk down the street to the little French bistro that I have down the street, and they have this little bakery section. And they have a really good macaroon, not the bullshit fancy macaroons. That not are the lo- macaron, not the macaron. I'm talking real macaroon with that are coconut and sometimes have coffee mm-hmm. co- chocolate on top. I don't do that one, but like, other friends do, I just do the plain one, but they, it's delicious.
0: And also there's something <laughs> nice about the the act of like walking to a yeah. destination to get yourself a little treat. A little treat. Like like Sophia going out to get her nectarine. Yeah. Um so now we're on, we're sort of on a roll with like the women on the show standing up for themselves. Yes. Now we're in the dentist's office. It's
1: time. It's Rose's turn.
0: It's this, it's Rose's turn. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, they should have called this episode Rose's turn. I know.
1: It would have been great.
0: Feelings. Yes. Yeah. Look at me, boys. Ugh. Look at me, then.
1: Mama's, ma, mama's, coming back. Mama's gonna find mama, mama, mama. Mama.
0: You sang that with so much confidence. I know
1: I saw that with with uh with Patti LePone on Broadway. I thought you were going to say and I saw
0: that with Patti LePone. We went together. She drove.
1: <laughs> no, I saw Patti LePone on Broadway and it was one of the most iconic things I think I've ever seen in my life. Have you do you know this musical? Uh, a little bit. You you have to listen to the music. The the Patti Lapone version. Everyone loves the Burnin' Up Peter's one, but Patti LePone
0: really Okay. Did. All right. I'll listen yeah. to both and get back to you with notes. Yeah. Dr. Norgan is played by George Weiner, an actor who I most know uh, famously as Colonel Sanders from yeah. Spaceballs. Yeah. prepare ship <clears throat> for ludicrous speed! <laughs> um, I love him so much in that movie, which is why Spaceballs I was like... Spaceballs
1: is so good. It's
0: so good. Um, I saw that at,
1: at, at, at a lake we were staying at when I was a kid in the 80s, and like... I just remember watching it. I had a little bit of a crush on Bill Pullman. And then I was like, John Candy
0: can do no wrong. He's so good in that movie. Yeah. He's so good. Uh, This guy pissed me off so much. Like, the balls. He's
1: like the type of dude, the type of man, and we all know this man. And men listening, if this is you, look in the mirror. But he's the type of man that you know as a kid, like... You know, young man, teenager, he never really got a lot of play. And then he went to school and he's smart and he did his work and everything. And he got a profession that was sort of a profession of authority or privilege. Mm-hmm. And he used the, yep. the sort of the, the little holes within that area of that profession to be able to get what he wants selfishly out of yep. it. That has nothing to do with what he's what he's the profession is intended to do. Right. And he takes advantage of people in the process people in business do this some doctors do this obviously in this episode people who write books called the art of the deal do it all kinds of shit
0: not only that but he's real fucking stupid yeah to have if you just look at this if you remove the context of the situation he got away with something yeah and then just very blatantly (laughs) did it right out in the open didn't even put her under didn't even try to get like you're also just really dumb You're
1: dumb But you know what They all are dumb And sometimes When they get caught Doing those things They get elected president
0: mm. <laughs> Preach Preach <laughs> so Rose
1: <laughs> sorry guys I, if, yeah, but, Rose yeah, confronts <laughs> him
0: Rose very confidently confronts him which again I imagine must have been very difficult for her but she confronts him she says this is what you did to me and he convinces her that he didn't do it and he yeah. says you know well oh, well, a side effect you know of the, the medication can bullshit. be hallucinations bullshit he gets her to apologize she shoves and all the cotton f- back in her mouth she
1: feels bad yep. she feels guilty she feels exactly the way that she thought mm-hmm. she would feel if she was wrong if she was wrong and she again, shaming the victim, making the victim's feelings not valid. He did that to her. He duped her. Mm -hmm. And then she willingly trusted him and allowed him to jump into her mouth in the profession that she thinks he's perfect at. And then all of a fucking sudden, while she's just sort of closing her eyes, mouth open. Because he's supposed to be
0: putting her crown in. And he
1: just got away with something. He takes as if he couldn't see them clearly, he took the light on her and he put it on her boobs and then he said, wowie, wowie, wowie. Ooh, no, Rose was not having any of it. Throw that cotton out. Step up. Get that little shooter thingy of air or water or whatever it was and look at him and say, no, I knew it.
0: And she says she's going to report him to the state dental board.
1: Good, and so it
0: doesn't happen to anybody else.
1: Report him to the police
0: too. Yeah, she should also report him to the police, hundred yeah. percent. So she says she's going to do that, and then she says, "There's one thing before I go, dance." And she starts and shooting the little. I did love this water I do. I do
1: love the little. I, I we assume it's water. It sounds like air, but it's I guess weird it's water. Because it sounds
0: like air, but it looks like the water gun, and also the air gun sucks. It doesn't blow. Because it Well, sucks. you can blow. Oh yeah, though, too. they have the blow. That's r- yeah. no, you're right. They do. They have the air both and ways. water blower.
1: Like our like our last guest, who's a very famous bisexual.
0: Yes, Gabby Dunn. Yes, that is true. <laughs> you know what? I honestly, I thought when she picked up the water gun, I thought that she was going to spray his pants. Oh, then, that would have been know,
1: great. Oh, that would have been so great. But I guess the dancing is more. But Rosa's yeah, alley. Da- it's like
0: as if she picked up a real gun.
1: Yeah. But what's what's weird about it is, and this is so typical of situation comedies from like the '80s and '90s. In these sort of like transition scenes after a, a scene ends, they like stay on it like two so seconds long. too long, and it's like this man's just oddly jumping. No? Yeah,
0: and 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 taking it very seriously very, he's as like, if, Oh,
1: you're getting me wet. As if like that's more it, important than you losing your license.
0: Also, he's not getting out of the way. Like no. he's just dancing in There's place. A whole yeah, room. yeah it, it's very funny. It did go on a minute too long. Oh, so Oh my god. Know, Carrie, I couldn't what help is it. That? I don't know.
1: So, oh, guys, I am not yawning. <laughs> I am here for you. I'm alive and I have energy.
0: I'm so sorry. It's the milkshake. I am he's tired. I'm sugar crashing. So then we get to the hospital <laughs> where um, Kevin uh, had a little bad karma come his way. He <sighs> oh, hurt himself uh, during uh, the old football game and now he's uh, I'm glad, in a cast in the hospital bed.
1: I'm glad maybe he hopefully learns the lessons from this. But you know what? He w- was able to play. He played. and Right?
0: He did play. He played. And and we know how, you know, we have some context to how we got hurt. As when Dorothy walks in, she goes, you wouldn't have been blindsided if you stayed in that pocket. If you stayed in the pocket. I was like, oh, look at that, Dorothy. What does that about mean? Football. I don't know. Yeah. Well, blindsided means you don't see it coming. Staying in the oh. pocket, I'm assuming, is an area, it's an area maybe around where, you know, if, if football players maybe form like a certain shape. Interesting. <laughs> or something, you stay in the pocket. I don't know. I'm literally writing on a show right now that's about football and I don't know any, I, I don't thought, know much about it. Now, okay,
1: I don't know much about football, but I thought blindsided <laughs> means you adopt a young black <laughs> child and win an Academy Award. God, am I wrong? I, th- in that? I think
0: the meaning of it changed. Starring Sandra Bullock, a little bit later.
1: Oh, got it. Okay, maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I like I said, or, I don't know much about football.
0: Maybe, maybe it's a, um, it has like a double meaning mm. where like blindside is a, it's a football you know mm. terminology, but also Sandra Bullock was blindsided by this sudden change in her life. She was not expecting to to bring this child in, this teenage boy in. Oh, I love some.
1: <laughs> I do.
0: Uh, I love that Dorothy. I'm
1: dedicating a book to her.
0: That's great. Yeah. I'm sure she'll really appreciate it. She will. Uh, I love that Dorothy is correcting the kid's grammar on his cast. Like he's I like, know. oh, are you signing it? She's Wait, like, no, I'm just fixing the grammar.
1: She's And she goes through. And the last one is, uh, what was it? It said something about like um, uh, something I hope.
0: It's Miss, like Dor- Ms. Spornack
1: eats. Miss eats shiitake mushrooms she's,
0: oh yeah she's also very creative in that way because what yeah. else could you have changed shit to
1: um i don't know i think
0: shiitake mushrooms is probably the only thing it's
1: probably yeah yeah
0: yeah imagine if you just walked in and you were like oh that's weird this lady signed your cast and just like told you what she eats which isn't even a meal it's like who just eats shiitake mushrooms
1: i hate mushrooms
0: well, then it would have been a good conversation starter if you knew Kevin.
1: <laughs> no, but I don't think Kevin really learned anything because he hurt himself playing a game he shouldn't have been playing. In sure, and his his punishment is Dorothy comes and reads the book to him.
0: Well, he does say he's like you know people have been trying to get me to be serious for years. So I think a part of him is like eh, maybe 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 I do need to like get yeah. a little serious about yeah. I don't know life. Maybe know. he should
1: be part of her world
0: oh so you think you should <laughs> move in with look at this stuff
1: them? isn't it neat wouldn't you think my collection's complete I love singing that song at karaoke as if it was like like a Jewy woman being like wouldn't you think my collection's
0: complete like don't I have enough stuff <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> my kids say I got too much stuff <laughs> I don't know I'm-
1: I got 20 but who cares no big deal I want more.
0: Oh, you're right. That's very funny. Yeah. That's a very, very funny bit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, you know what, though? Here's the thing. I, here's the th- oh, I just love everything about Dorothy and Rose in this episode. Even after all this shit, even after Dorothy is threatened, her life is threatened, this kid defies her wishes, the coach is a dick, the priest is an asshole who tries to bring God into it, Dorothy's still on like a Saturday or Sunday or whatever Goes all the way down there to check on that kid yeah. and is like, I'm not going to give up on you, like Mario Lopez style, not going to give up on you, mm-hmm. and starts reading a book to him. And you know what? Dorothy's probably already read A Tale of Two Cities. She doesn't want to read it again. But she sits down and she reads it with this kid. And I have a she have wants to read it again. A really good discussion about it. And you know yeah. what? That's a good teacher.
1: Yep. She's pulling some Michelle Pfeiffer "Dangerous Minds" on them.
0: She's a good teacher. Yeah, I love her in this episode.
1: She's great. I love everyone in this episode. I'm, I'm on except for maybe Blanche. Blanche, I'm a little like, eh. You really didn't do much.
0: <laughs> I do like to think though that like when Dorothy said Blanche, you'd be a good psychologist. Like the words just echo in her mind. Like Blanche, you'd be a good psych. Blanche, you'd be a good psych. Blanche, you'd be a good psych. And then because we don't see her for the rest of the episode, I like to think that she was just like. I'm going to write a book or that like Blanche like just goes off to, you know, or she does set up because I, I think the whole reason they did that, that, that little bit with Blanche and the psychologist is so that Sophia could make a joke at the end, which is like, Oh great. You're going to give her a couch and, and charge people by the hour. You know, um,
1: yeah. I have to say though, that was the episode, but that the way. was the episode, but how the way Dorothy is reading a tale of two cities, I've read a tale of two cities. Have you?
0: In high school. Yeah,
1: it is it is a very good book. It's no Pride and Prejudice, but it is it a the best very of times. good book. But the way she it read the it, worst of times. they're going to be there for 14 hours.
0: She's not on going to read chapter. the whole book to him. On one, how do you know? She's not going to do like an Andy Kaufman sitting down and reading like F. Scott Fitzgerald to an auditorium full of people till her voice goes hoarse. Like she's not doing an Andy Kaufman bit. I think she's probably going to read him a chapter. She's going to leave the book with him. And she's going to go, like, we're going to pick this back up.
1: (laughs) See you next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean
0: that. It would have been great if she said that to him and he didn't get it. (laughs) I would have punched him in the cast. (laughs) I hate hate them so much.
1: Oh, that was the episode. Wow. So what's your golden takeaway from this episode? Well,
0: you always go first, so I have time to think of mine.
1: Um, My golden takeaway from this episode is... I get very angry when um, things are gendered. I, 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 you know, I I identify as a man and that's sort of, and and I identify with masculinity and whatever that means. But I I don't like things being gendered in the sense of like God and like gender roles and the, the whole things about men do this and women do this and we should treat women this way and we should treat men this way and all that bullshit. It's like, just talk to each other. So my golden takeaway is just to talk to each other.
0: My, that's a really good golden takeaway. Thank you. I think my golden takeaway.
1: Is just to not hold it in?
0: I think my golden takeaway is (laughs) don't waste fish.
1: Oh, I don't eat fish.
0: Don't waste fish. You can, you can get your point across. Mm -hmm. Just don't waste fish. Somebody could have bought that piece of fish and they could have eaten it. And that fish had a life. That fish was swimming and maybe had some friends and was like laying eggs. You don't know. And that fish wasn't going to be used to like provide somebody with the nutrients and the fatty omega oils and all that stuff that that fish could have provided to somebody. That fish was wasted. I'm just, and so I'm just going to say don't waste fish for, to, uh, for, for the use of a threat. I'm gonna and a... don't threaten people <laughs> unless they deserve it.
1: Wow. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. I was just gonna say, I advocate the vegetarian lifestyle. And then you really went into a whole don't threaten people. And I was like, okay, I won't. I won't say it.
0: That's fine. You can still advocate a vegetarian lifestyle. I'm just saying.
1: Or just love animals.
0: I'm just saying, don't. (laughs) What?
1: What just happened?
0: Alexa just turned on and started playing music?
1: In my kitchen.
0: This is so weird.
1: (laughs) This is amazing. What does your voice do?
0: I don't know. Oh, my God. Can you hear that in the headphones?
1: Yes, and I love it. It's a perfect way to end this podcast.
0: Uh, Guys, if you're following along with the podcast... The next episode we'll be watching is Zborn again.
1: It's Let's Stay Together, which is such a perfect thing.
0: Yeah. For- well, because this is the episode where like Stan and Dorothy, will they won't they. Also, I think Zborn again would have been a better name for his dumb potato thing than Zbornie. I'm just going to keep throwing things out there that I think would have been a better name for his potato contraption.
1: I agree.
0: <laughs> You're just dancing.
1: I'm loving uh, it.
0: Guys, this has been Out on the Lanai. If you like this podcast and you want to show some support to it, you can go to Lanai.com slash donate, where you can send us a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation through Patreon. All money goes towards costs associated with doing this podcast, which we're so happy to bring to you guys mostly every week. And if you want to support the podcast uh, but can't send us a money donation, you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. Or four. Or four, or yeah, be honest, I mean, however you feel.
1: I mean, five, yeah, but But, like, but,
0: but give us five stars. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Golden Girls Pod. And I am on Twitter, I'm at Squid Eat Squid. I'm on Instagram, I am Squidzy. H. Allen Scott is H. Allen Scott I'm on Alan everything. Scott. And
1: guys, let's say together, man. Come on. This is a really good and song bad. to go out with. Time's are good or bad, happy sad.
0: And guys, remember (laughs) to always stay Stay golden.
1: I want to stick around for my Unsolved Mysteries story. Hey guys, it's just me, H. Allen. What are you wearing? Carrie left because she's heard this story a million times. And she was able to find the episode where I talked about the time that I solved a mystery. I solved a mystery from Unsolved Mysteries. I legitimately solved the mystery and she found the episode that we talked about it and it was in the season 4 episode 1 episode where it's called yes we have no havanas and you know it's the one where uh, blanche and sophia vie for the same man Ugh, what a weird one and and rose goes back to school and it, we learn that she had ava braun and adolf hitler in her school as teachers very strange but i at the end of that episode towards like maybe the last like 15 minutes of the episode i talk about how i solved a mystery from Unsolved Mysteries. Now, I'm just going to leave this here for you guys to listen. You can go back and listen to the full episode if you want, but this is a clip from that episode. I hope you enjoy it. And vindicate me for having solved a mystery. I don't know where these boys are this, today, but I hope that they're listening and that they're happy and that they know that I tried. I tried. Stay golden.
0: That's in I did real I life. I did
1: once solve a mystery because of a PE teacher. An unsolved mystery from Robert Stack's unsolved mysteries.
0: Yeah, no, I'm familiar. He's got a terrifying voice. Yeah,
1: there was this story of this mother who kidnapped her kids around Valentine's. Day. She was cuckoo, and the dad had had custody of them. And then she the the, the episode said that she would make money <coughs> being a substitute teacher. And then she was a sub. The the woman was a substitute teacher for At me. Your school. In my school. Did there. you call
0: the no? 1-800 so just blah,
1: blah, blah. Okay. And so I. Went home and I, because I didn't know what to do, even though I knew the number one 5353
0: Wait, I, is that the number? Yes, that's oh. the number.
1: That's my next tattoo. I told my mom I solved the mystery. I solved the mystery, and she was like, "No, you didn't. That's just the woman who was the actress in the in the remakes or in the you know the, the reenactment the reenactments." And I, I don't know how at that age I had the foresight to know that, mom, we live in St. Louis. They do those in L.A. She's not that lady. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And anyway, so I took matters into my own hands, and I went into the den, and I picked up that phone. (gasps) 1-800-876-5353. Hello, Robert Stack. I solved a mystery. And I told him all the details and everything, and then I hung up the phone. And then, like, five minutes later, my mom walks into the den. She moves these sort of brown oak doors, these swinging doors that we had that went into the den. And she said, the police called and said, a little boy reported a false emergency or a false whatever here. And what? I was like, no one believes me. Those kids, those kids probably haven't seen their dad ever since. And I could have saved them. Wait. But I could have been a famous. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Okay, wait. Yeah. The police called back. They yeah. did not take your tip seriously.
1: Exactly. Now, So you mind, called a number. I was seven alerted- years old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you ever find out whatever happened? No. Google Google it, right? Do you think you can figure it out? Do you remember the name of the be episode? Able to. I, I Oh, could, you I have could go to. through. I'll go
1: through the episodes. I can easily do that.
0: We're gonna do that as yeah. soon as this episode. As yeah. soon as we're done recording, it's and Valentine's then we're day. gonna. It's hard because it. they didn't
1: they didn't categorize things like those episodes back in the day. So like it's hard to go through like on IMDb because I've tried the episode order. Of Unsolved Mysteries yeah. and look at the specific mysteries that were, because they covered like five stories. Well, we know
0: how line. old you were, so we know roughly around what it was like year late it, was. it was.
1: It was like 89, 90 ish, I guess, wow, 91. That's crazy. I was obsessed with Unsolved oh, Mysteries. Oh, I was too.
0: I've also heard that a lot of times like the reenactment actors that happens to them a lot oh, i'm sure well, yeah. people will either try to make like a citizen's arrest on them yeah. or they'll call the police like that's gotta be amazing you know, do you know that matthew mcconaughey was a reenactment actor on an episode of unsolved mysteries oh really he was a dude who got shot in his driveway <laughs> who was like you know 20 years old or something while his mother watched if you google unsolved mysteries matthew mcconaughey you'll I'm see i'm going it. to he's wearing like tight jeans and like a cutoff shirt Basically um, being
1: Matthew McConaughey.
0: Yeah, so I wonder yeah. like, <laughs> I wonder if there, were, there was just like a period in his life. Well, no, because it's usually when the reenactment actor is like the villain who yeah. they're looking for or something. Yeah, like it happens with America's Most Wanted all the time.
1: I love that one too. Um.
0: Okay, my golden takeaway is not so much applicable to the episode. We watched, but to our experience and conversation this evening, because your Unsolved mystery story is really upsetting to me right now. (laughs) So my golden takeaway is, if you are in law enforcement, Mm -hmm. if you work at Crime Stoppers, Mm -hmm. even if a child, like, take all of those calls seriously.
1: Yeah. Even if they're coming from a seven-year-old.
0: Even if they're coming from a child, just take them seriously.
1: Yeah.
0: Don't ever like, I'm and you're positive, you're positive, yeah. That's
1: how I that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was a child, so there might be some details here.
0: Okay, here's my question <laughs> Did you? When did okay? Did you watch the episode? Did you watch the episode and then while watching it go? Oh, that's my teacher. Or no, no, no. Did it you came watch after the episode? It came
1: after. So okay. I watched the episode and then I saw her as a substitute teacher that day, and then she was gone the next day.
0: What? Yeah. Fuck. I know. Because here's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say At maybe. At
1: Elementary School in St. Louis, Missouri.
0: I was gonna say maybe there's a chance that you saw the episode and then some time went by, she showed up and you knew it was a substitute teacher, so you, like, assigned it to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, like, projected... That could you be, know?
1: but I don't but I don't believe you're that.
0: You're positive you saw the episode, you saw her the next day, she was only there for a day and she was gone. Well, I saw
1: the episode and then it, some time had passed and then she was there. But I remembered all of the episodes. Like, I was obsessive because I wanted right. to solve a mystery to get famous.
0: But see, <laughs> here's where... You may have been assigning yeah. that to your substitute teacher. I still I'm, not, I'm still saying they they definitely should still should have yeah. checked checked up on it and I, called I'm it a I'm still standing call.
1: by. I saw it to hit mystery.
0: Here, okay, th- uh, guys, we're gonna wrap this up no, in a second. No, yeah. no, no. What I want to say is <laughs>
1: well, we have something very important to get to. So, Carrie, I think we should wrap this up. All line. right,
0: I will tell my honey yes. I shrunk the kids. Saw a kid get hit on a bike on my way back from the movies when I was a child. Story, some other time. Oh my god. I'll call it another time. <laughs>